Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise God. The book of Joshua. The book of Joshua, chapter 6. We welcome all those watching by way of the web. I do want to say on behalf of a precious lady that loves the Lord that I've come to know in the last few months, watches all of our services online. She's unable to be here, but I was with her yesterday, my wife, and, and we were there praying with her. And man, the spirit of the Lord is so powerful in her home. Just amazing. And Sister Tina Filkins, and she said, please tell the church, the anchor, how much I love them and I appreciate them. And she wanted me to share that with you today. She also sent a message. She told us yesterday, she said, I feel like you are going to have a big harvest tomorrow. How many believe that? How many is going to amen right now? She said, it is so. That's what amen means. I want everybody to shout amen. God's going to reach the city. There are people that have been bound by a lot of things for a long time, but tonight's the night. Everybody that wants to be delivered is going to be delivered tonight. Somebody shout, tonight is the night. We've been praying. We've been seeking. Now it's time for the Lord to send the rain. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in your world you want to see deliver from addiction? Amen. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. There's some of you that are watching online even now that you've wondered if God put up on you. I've come to tell you right now, he's not done with you. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you've done. But that's why he went to the cross so he could forgive you and give you a second chance to get up and do what he called you to do. You need to get up. You need to get up where you are right now and say, God still loves me. Come on. And I want, if you're watching, say, the Lord is not done with me. I'm going to arise in my home. I'm going to arise where I'm at. And I'm going to seek the Lord. Come on, if you're watching online, I want you to stretch your hands toward heaven and say, God is with me. He's not against me. He's for me. Come on, God's going to finish the work that he's done in your life, but he needs you to repent. He needs you to go back and do your first works over. God, I'm sorry for my sins. Will the whole congregation repent with me and them? Lord, we're sorry for everything we've ever done everything we've ever said, every thought we've ever thought. God, even the things I've done wrong, I didn't know I'd done wrong. I pray that there would be a miracle in us today. Somebody say in Jesus' name. You can be seated for one moment before we read our text. We have seen so many miracles, even a camp meeting this week. A man I've known for 10 years probably got up out of his wheelchair and started walking around the building. I ain't never seen him walk. He's even been here before. God, God touched that man's life. Sister Sarah back there, put your hand up there. Wave. That arm was broken on Thursday, but God healed it in the service. She took off her sling. There's a healer that's able. There's a healer that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. Amen. Amen. No matter what, you, Brother Mark Muller, you were bound by a spear of infirmity. I walked up to him. I said, you're not sick and the doctor's not going to find anything wrong with you, didn't I? I said, because it's not a sickness, it's an infirmity, it's a spirit. Am I right or wrong? He thought he was dying. He felt the spirit sickness for several years, honestly. One thing after another that could not be seemingly diagnosed. But we prayed, I think it was the next service. He came back, God instantly healed him. He said, I haven't felt this good in years. God's a healer. God is a healer. There's many miracles going to take place. Listen, I know you call me pastor, but I'm a man of faith. And I know what God said, and he's able to do anything you need him to do. But you've got to believe it. He's able. Somebody shout, God is able. Brother Nehemiah mentioned our team about going to the Y Bridge. I had, I had to listen to it. And I said, tell me about it. You can be seated. I said, tell me about it. He said, I just feel we're supposed to go down there. All those people I feel this time. He said, people are going to be down there watching fireworks. Let's go down and let's just be down there and be around the people of the city. Instantly, I got it stuck in my head. Heroin addicts are going to be delivered. Couldn't get it out of my mind. 
we decided to go on the 4th and the 11th. Make two events. Our team's very practical. They're very logical. Uh, it takes a teamwork to make the dream work. People started pulling out, how are we going to make this happen? What, what do we do? What, what can we do? And it just all meshed together in three and a half weeks. And uh, I would say there's, they were pushing a thousand there, maybe not a thousand, but close. Pushing that direction that had come through and passed through down at that area of the Y Bridge. People were there. Our intention was to sing some songs, to hand out free food, and just be with the city. Because this is our city. Churches shouldn't isolate. He went into the city. David walked among the people. Amen. That's our problem. We think God can only move on Sundays and Wednesdays. They didn't even have a church built until the third century. The first church. I'm not meddling. I'm, I'm already preaching. And we were down there and, and while they were singing, the Lord impressed me to get up in the microphone and to talk about freedom and to talk about getting through trouble and peace. And I went up to that microphone. I said, how many of you ever dealt with trouble? Man, hands went up, hundreds of hands went up all over that field. I said, well, the peace of God's coming to this place right now, the touch of God. And uh, do you know that people in that, when we started singing, it was so powerful, people started going up to people and said, what's that I feel? I've never felt that before. What is this I'm feeling? What, what is going on? What's that? And one, after, one believer in our church after another began to tell them, you're feeling Jesus. Jesus is here right now. He wants to help you, change you, fix your life. One after another began to repent. We baptized at least, it was 11 or 12, we baptized in Jesus' name. And some of them were back in our 8.30 service this morning. I think we ought to give God glory for that. Amen, amen. Amen. That's what God wants to do. One man told Brother Gladman, he introduced me to him. He's, one man came, he said, I've had such trouble in my life, so troubled. He said, but as soon as I put my foot in that grass, he said, all that trouble left me. You know why? Because the angel of the Lord is there. We either believe the Bible or we don't. The Bible says the angel troubled the waters and when he did, whoever got in the water got healed. There is an angel of the Lord that is at that place. And whoever wants to be delivered tonight will be delivered tonight. It will happen. Somebody shout, it will happen. Now, I, 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 I want to share something with you because they've asked me that I'm going to move on to the message. Um, this is from Brother Dale and Sister Lisa Stalling. And those that know that back in September, he was diagnosed with COVID, caught it at work and went from there. Two days later, he was in a coma for a long time. Every, I mean, he coded several times at a minister's meeting, a prophet of the Lord walked up to the, his son and said, your dad's gonna walk out of that hospital. The next week he coded. See, when you get a word from the Lord, you're gonna need it. But you gotta keep believing. I'd call Sister Lisa, she was crying. I'm keeping the faith, I'm trying to keep the faith, she would say, but I'm glad to tell you, this is what she said. Dear church family of the Anchor Church of Zanesville, we would like to thank, thank each and every one of you for your prayers. A special thank you to Brother and Sister Bounds for the hospital visits, phone calls, texts, gifts, and words of encouragement. Many of you send, sent cards and gifts as well, and for those we are very grateful to. We feel so blessed to have such a wonderful lifeline. Dale is now home. After seven plus months, he's home. He is a miracle in the making. He continues to prove it each day. God is so good and greater things are in store for those that love and serve him. Bless you all, love Dale and Lisa Stalling. Would you, would you thank God for that miracle? He's walking now, it's amazing. Praise God. Let's remain standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. Let's remain standing. I, I'm going to read two verses and let you be seated. How's that sound? And, uh, and Joshua chapter 6 verse 9. And the armed men went before the priests and blew with the trumpets. And the re-reward, everybody say us. That's the gathering of people, the re-reward. That's the gathering of the saints. And the re-reward came after the ark, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people. He didn't just say, he commanded. 
Some things you got to understand as there has to be order for God to do what he's supposed to do. Some things are commanded. This isn't about, well, I go to the anchor church, but I do whatever I want to do. You, 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 you've got to understand that order is essential. It's like an army of God. Everybody say order. And Joshua had commanded the people saying, ye shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice. Neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout, then shall ye shout. He said, everything's gonna be in order, but you gotta wait on the right timing for it to happen. God has perfect timing. Somebody say, wait on the Lord. Turn your neighbor and say, keep your mouth shut. Why does that feel so good to say that? We could have said it worse, but we said it sort of kind, you know. But I'd like to teach you today, preach to you on simply order and timing. Everybody say order and timing. I want you to ask God to let his word be a revelation to you. Would you all pray and ask God's word. Ask God to let his word speak to your spirit that you walk out of here better. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say amen. You may be seated. It's, it's very, very important that you understand your role in a church. We're not just church attendees to go hear what the preacher says, but there's power when we speak. There's power when we praise. Something happens when we worship. Every single one of us were created in the image of God. That's why we're jealous. That's why we love. That's why we get angry. How many know that? Because we were created in the image of God. As well, we have biblical precedence that says that we can even be snared by the words of our mouth. Because those that say I can't and those that say I can are both right. Be careful how you talk to yourself. Don't ever say, look in the mirror and say, you're an idiot. It feels good in the moment, but you're making yourself one. You'll become what you say you are. Let that settle in. I heard a preacher say one time, his, his, he had a family member that said always, he said, I'll never live past age 53. I'll never, and he died at 53. Be careful what you say. Some things, when you're mad, you just need to keep your mouth shut. It was so needed that Jesus, the Son of God, hanging on the cross, the Bible says that he went before his shearers dumb. He opened not his mouth because all he had to do was utter one word and 10,000 of angels would have come and changed everything, would have set him free from that course and it would have changed everything everything, but he knew his role, he knew his purpose, and he knew his power. Opened not his mouth. And they were amazed that he did not defend himself. They were amazed because there's power in a spoken word. James 3 tells us and teaches us a man that does not offend in word is the same as a perfect man. Do y'all believe that? Look at your neighbor and say, that's why you're not perfect. Amen. Some of you husbands and wives, they look at each other and say, told you, you're not perfect. You should have never said that to me. How many ever said something to your kids they wish you'd never said? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, there was a lot of kids that when I went to juvenile jail, and I was a chaplain there for about three years here in town. Some of my greatest memories. I, some of the most amazing people I ever met was right there. Smart, brilliant. 95% of them there. Their parents had told them they would end up there. That's right. Because if we're not careful, and I'm going to tell you something else we can't say. Shame on you. Don't ever say that to a kid. Because the greatest hindrance we have us coming to God is trying to process through shame. It's just the truth. The worst part of the cross was not the nails, the thorns, the spear. It was, it was not that. The Bible says he endured the shame. 
People don't want to come to God because they feel they're not worthy and they feel ashamed of what they've done. So they separate and isolate. That's why some people watch online don't come to church. Because they're afraid when they come here, they won't feel welcome because of the things they've done. Or somebody might know, or they say, you haven't been there long enough. I, I, I missed three months. So if they come, they're going to be saying, where are you at? And they feel ashamed. So they, they would rather isolate than press through that and realize that we do love them and rather have them here than home. Amen. There is power in a spoken word. Uh, my, brother, my brother struggled through school because one teacher called him out in a moment of frustration and, and degraded him in front of the entire class. I later had her. She was a terrible teacher. And I know there's a lot of amazing ones, but the impact of one teacher made him feel less than really what he was. And he was brilliant. I didn't tell my parents for many years because of the power of your word. We should encourage one another. The easiest thing to do is criticize. The best thing to do is praise one another. You look nice today. I'm so glad you're here. I, 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 I appreciate you just being near. How many know praise is comely? It's attractive. You can't only hang around critical people so long until you start feeling sour. How many know it's true? But praise is comely. That's why when you come into the house of God, you come in praising him. You might have chaos all week, but you come and say, the Lord is good. And I thank you for every good. Look at the clothes I've got on. I got my tie straight today. My hair's fixed. Amen. I'm going to the house of God and God's been good to me. I'm going to eat a good meal later because the Lord's good and he's going to take care of all of it. You enter in praising him, not with your head down. You come and say, the Lord is good. It changes the atmosphere when people praise him with their mouth. Somebody shout amen. 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 Let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable. The Bible talks about uh, uh, the fruit of your lips. I'm going to praise him. Somebody shout praise him. Amen. I will praise the Lord at, I will let his praise be in my mouth. One man hit his hand with a hammer. He's going, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My dad said, that's not what you do. The Lord might think you like it. Let you smash the other thumb. But we got to learn not to cuss. We don't, listen, Christians don't cuss. All this stuff, my goodness, I'm meddling now. I, I didn't get back to the word saying I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. That's not in the Bible. It's cute to hang somewhere, but it ain't, it ain't right with God because we as disciples also are disciplined. Disciple, discipline, discipline sound very much alike. We are disciplined with our tongue. And the Bible says that your tongue is a world, world of iniquity. How great a fire, how great, um, let, let me just read it to you here. James chapter three, let's look at this. Do you believe there's power in your spoken word? Hey, I believe we can bring life to people's bad situation when we speak. Somebody say amen. amen. The Bible says in verse five, it says, even so the tongue is a little member. Everybody touch your tongue and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter, a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire and a world of, uh, world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body, setteth on fire the course of nature. It is set on fire of hell. You know, a lot of trouble can come out of a little talking. You ever notice that? One boy, when I was just in elementary school age, my cousin said, your mama, it was over. I whipped him real good right there. He got up and run to his dad. He run to his dad and I just walked slow to the house. I thought, I'm going to get it. It was my uncle. I'm, I, and I couldn't stand it. He talking about my mama. He's going to have to deal with me. He had to deal with air and bound thunder at that moment. You can talk about a lot of things. You ain't talking about my mom. That's just how I felt. He starts, I, I whipped him real good. It felt good. His tongue got him in trouble. I went down. I thought, I'm going to get whipped real good by my I love my uncle. I went down. He said, you whooped my boy? I said, yes, sir. He said, why'd you do that for? I said, cause he said, your mama. He's talking bad about my mom. He said, you do that? He said, yep. He bent him on his knee and whipped him again. I said, praise God. Amen. <laughs> you get in trouble saying the wrong things. And if we're not careful, we will open ourselves up to things that God never intended us to. You shouldn't talk bad about yourself. If you're doing that, stop it. Quit talking bad about people. Stop it. Quit talking bad about everything going on. Stop it. We're not, we're not, we don't have to praise something because it's perfect. 
All you men ought to tell your wife that how good she looks and how great she cooks and how wonderful she is. Instead of talking about, well, the toast wasn't right and the mashed potatoes were at 57 degrees and they should have been 110. And if you're not careful, you're going to miss it. And I'm going to say to the wives, he's not going to, I told you so. No, we, you, you, that decision wasn't the best one, but the next one's going to be great. You got to be careful how you word things because you cause everything to become collateral damage to the power of your tongue. You are made in the image of God and you can speak things in truth and great things will come out of that. And the reason some of you are struggling because you've never learned to keep your mouth shut when you should keep your mouth shut because of how bad you feel in the midst of a trouble. But the best thing you can do when things are going sour, you stand up and say, the Lord is good. Everything's going to work out. I'm coming out of this because God's with me. Come on, I'm teaching you today on the power of a word, the power of divine order. God doesn't give you permission. God doesn't give you permission to be critical. God doesn't give you permission to do that. You are subject to his word as his son, as his child, to keep your mouth shut because you will cause things to happen in your world that God never intended because you just had to say it. Man, one time I back-talked my, back my mom. I've never seen a hand swing so fast and get me right in the mouth. I just start quiver-chinning. I mean, I mean, if she'd had a, she'd had a six-shooter, she'd, she'd, she'd beat Billy the Kid. I'm going to tell you, it came out that, that fast. A pow! Man, I put my head down, a tear come down my face. I didn't ever talk back to mama again. You know what she was telling me? There's sometimes you don't speak. And you just do what I tell you to do and quit back to all you young people. Don't you ever say, I hate you. My goodness. Don't you ever tell your parents, I can't stand you. I hate you. Get out of my room. That's their room. Don't you ever let a foul word come out of your mouth about those in authority over you. The Bible says if you honor your father and your mother, your days will be long in the earth. It doesn't matter how much you disagree. Don't you dare back talk your mama. If you get mad, you say, what's for dinner? Think of something good. Christmas, how long is Christmas from now? Do something good, but think something happy. But don't back talk your mama. Jesus is going to get mad at you. Come on, can I get a witness from some parents in the building right now? Don't back talk your mom. And I'm going to say to every parent, don't you let them back talk you. We don't talk like that. We're not acting like that. That's not what goes. Well, little Jimmy down the road, his mama lets him. Well, I, you're not Jimmy and I'm not his mama. You got to learn that there's some rules that you got to set because we have been made in the image of God. And what we speak creates an atmosphere that is conducive to healing or destruction. And I want my house to be a house of peace, healing, and power. Come on, let somebody say amen. Glory to God. And that's what is going on here. And we have to understand who we are and what we're doing. I want every hand lifted and I want you to say to the Lord, let me see who I am in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let, let, me, let, let, me, let me come against culture. Let me come against American culture. All this selfie business and I, and let me express myself. I just, I just want to be myself. Express who you are. I, I'm not against you being you because you're the best you that there's ever going to be and you don't have to be anybody else. But it does not grant you permission. It does not grant you permission to be selfish. We're diagnosing people with all kinds of stuff. And the fact of the matter is they were just never allowed to be told no. So I can be mad at you, I can cuss you out, I can tell you how what a dirty rotten dog you are because I'm mad. So I can do whatever I want to because they diagnosed me and said I got some issues in my emotions so I can just rail on you. And the truth of the matter is the problem wasn't that they got a mental disorder, they just didn't get spanked when they were kids. That's a fact. Listen, there's some things... There's some things pills will help, but there's some things pills won't fix. It doesn't start in an electric chair. It doesn't start in a prison. It starts in a high chair. No, you can't have this. It's not time to eat. You're not allowed to have that. Get out of the cupboard. You're not allowed to have cereal. You're not allowed to have that sugar right now. We got dinner in 15 minutes from now. Why are you, why are you in a bowl of cereal when dinner's on the table? Why you, and all of a sudden, it's like, you're abusing me. I'm, I'm calling the law. Oh, and I'm out, so I don't even know how I got here, I'm, but I'm here. I might as well stay here for a minute. I'm calling the law. You don't like me. 
because I wouldn't let you have cereal before you had a steak dinner? What in the world? Made news that some kid pushed his beamer in the river because he wanted a Jaguar. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, people, do you know the, the less 20% of America is, is, is as wealthy with all of their benefits, food and all that, the less 20%, the smallest 20% wealth in America is at the highest top of the countries in the world? And if we're not careful, we're going to develop people that can just do whatever they want, how they want, with no discipline. But it cannot get in the church because what you say matters. Can, hold on a second. Can I ask everybody in this room to turn your phones off? Now, it, it, get off your phone. If you're on your phone, I don't want you, I want you on your phone unless you're on call while I'm preaching. Because we've got to learn discipline. There's some things you don't do when the preacher's preaching. Uh, I got to get to my message. I'm nowhere near my message right now. But we got to be careful that COVID didn't create a media church concept that I can drink my coffee, fix spaghetti, and, and have a piece of uh, Marie Cavender's cherry pie. Glory to God. Amen. It sounds good. And a cup of coffee. And I can do that and, have, and listen to pastor all the same time. When you're in the house of God, you got to be in the house of God 100% with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your spirit. Say, I want what God has for me and my babies. I want what God has. I'm going to be focused. Somebody say amen. Come on. When you get on the train, you know what they say? All aboard. When you come to the house, it's like getting on a train. We're going somewhere. And in Joshua chapter six, you will find they were going somewhere. They're going to a promised land. They're going to a place of destiny. They're going to a place that God has promised generationally for hundreds of years that this land belongs to you. It's, it's called Canaan land. The first of 10 cities to be conquered, the first one was Jericho. Jericho was the city that was chosen because the, the, the man of God that was leading the children of Israel out of the wilderness. Moses led them out of Egypt and Joshua was going to lead them out of the wilderness for, that were there 40 years. He gets out of there. They are circumcised. Then they eat the food of the land. They hadn't eaten but the fruit, food or the fruits of the land in 40 years. You know why? Because they were fed manna from heaven. For the first time, they're going to eat in the promised land in Canaan land. And when they do, the manna stopped falling every morning and every day they started eating of the land that God had promised. The land that flows with? Everybody say milk and honey. I want somebody to shout, that's my land. Can I say before we move on, prophecy is spoken, but you got to believe it's for you. When God talks about the promises of God, there's got to be a response because it's the power of your spoken word. If the preacher's preaching, he said, God, God wants to bless your finances. Don't look at your name and say, it's not for me. Because it won't be. You'll miss it. It'll go right past you to somebody that believes it. But when the promises of God are coming, God wants to save your family. You don't have to wait. Ask your neighbor, you think that's for me? No, you just say, amen. That means so be it. The promises of the Lord are yea. That's the pulpit. Everybody shout and amen. amen. That means the promises of God are received by somebody telling you the promises of God and as a believer, you affirming it through an amen. Are you ready? God wants to better your life. Amen. God wants to give you joy. Amen. God wants you to arrive at your destiny. Amen. God wants to fix the relationship with your broken family. Amen. If you believe it, it will happen because when you say amen, it activates it in your life. It's the power of a spoken word. Somebody shout amen. amen. And so you'll find that they, they're circumcised they came to the Jordan River. They were circumcised. They ate of the, the fruit of the land. Manna stopped falling. They started eating of the promised land. And then the angel appeared. And Joshua said this statement, are you for us or for our enemies? His sword is drawn. Hand me, bring me that sword. The angel was standing there. You just be the angel. Stand up here with me. I'm getting nervous. I'm getting on these people today. I need somebody with a sword to protect me out of here. Y'all with me today? Amen. You got to look more serious than that. You, they, I mean, you got to look mean. You got to look like a bodyguard. I mean, somebody out there might be thinking about tackling me right now. I can't believe you said that. about. You got to make them feel threatened. And Joshua looks over the angel of the Lord standing there with his sword drawn. 
The reason the sword is drawn because it marks timing. And it's now. Sword wasn't in the sheath. I'm here ready to fight. The angel of the Lord, he said, are you, you know, if you see an angel of the Lord sword drawn, you're going to ask that question too. Are you for me? <laughs> sort of like when the prophets show up, they say, do you come in peace? He said, I am the angel of the captain, captain of the host of Israel. I am the angel of the captain of the, of the army of God. And here's what I'm going to tell you is going to happen. Joshua, I'm telling you because angels always operate in order. They go from the bottom up, comes from the top down. He goes to the leader of the people and he says to them, the invisible angel that be manifest himself visible. If you could only see what's at that wide bridge right now waiting on us. If you could, listen, listen. That's why we've warred because the devil knew what was coming. Somebody had a vision this morning. They saw the angels of the Lord, the heavens open. Angel of the Lord came down and God put his hands down and with his own signet, he put his stamp on this city of what he's going to do in this city. God's about to turn things around in this city like we've never seen in its history. Amen. 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 Everything we've ever dreamt. Hallelujah. And the angel says, God has given you Jericho. Everybody shout, it belongs to us. God has given you Jericho. Read Joshua chapter six. Now I'm going to teach you. He said, but here's how it's going to happen. How many want to know your role in a move of God? I'm not talking to church attendees. I'm talking to the body of Christ. All of you have power. Almost all of you have been filled with the spirit. Been, been baptized in his name. And listen to me, there is something that happens when you belong to God. I have power over things. Do you believe that? I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And then a little light from heaven filled my soul. He bathed my heart in love and he wrote my name above. Ready? Just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Now let us, let us, why? Because when I pray and I call on him, he hears me when I pray. I feel divine authority in this room right now. It's not just going to be the preacher that sees it. He's given you power to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You can have power to pray in your family and they'll be delivered. There's power because the angel of the Lord is with us. The angel of the Lord said, here's what I want you to do. You are going to march around the city, the walls of the city. And you have to realize every Jericho, every Jericho citizen was in those walls, inside that. Every warrior, their army, their, their elite army, everybody's in there. And you read it in Jericho 5. Now I'm gonna put in my own words. They're peeking over the wall, looking. They are terrified. The Bible says their spirit, there was no spirit. There was no fight left in them. Because when they realized that who was coming is that the, the Jordan River dries up to let them across, they realized you can't fight that. You can fight swords, but you can't fight God. We got to understand here tonight, you can fight personalities, but you can't fight God. You've overcome them little children for greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. The devil knows you can't fight God. And when God is with us, the Bible says, if God be for us, then who can? be against us. And when you realize who you are and the enemy realizes who they were, our problem is sometimes we don't know who we are. We're just, well, I just remember the anchor church. I'm just, I'm a Christian. I, I'm a Christian. I, I, I go to church once a week. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you know you are the child of God, the army of God, the people of God, and God is for you to do supernatural things. Now, number one, listen, you have to have leadership that can sense spiritual things. He was able to see that which is invisible. It's called an angel. Most of you have not seen angels, am I right? We had about five people in a few weeks after we cleaned our houses, after God sent us the prophet, started seeing visible angels in this room, in this building. Everybody say angels. Can I just ask you, do you believe in angels? Do you believe in angels? Do you believe in spiritual things? 
Yes. He was able to sense. Listen, we're not just another club in town. We're the body of Christ. That means we serve God who is what? Invisible. How many of you believe in God? You wouldn't be here if you didn't believe in God. We believe in God and we believe that he is a, man, I feel this right now. Y'all help me preach for a few minutes? Everybody, you, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter um, 11 verse six, it says we must believe that he is, everybody say he is, and that he's a rewarder. Some people believe that he is, but they don't believe he's a rewarder. Do you believe he's a rewarder? of them that diligently seek him. We've been praying and guess what? God is a rewarder and he's about to reward your prayer. Come on, I'm preaching to believers right now. He's a rewarder of your prayer. He's a rewarder of those that seek him. He's gonna come with the answer. God is a rewarder. Somebody shout, he is a rewarder. We've got to believe he's a rewarder. And when he sensed it, Joshua sensed the things and he filled it out. Yes, it's an angel of the Lord. And the angels started giving him commandment and he started listening to voices that they couldn't see. You have to have leadership that can hear voices that you can't see who's speaking. You don't believe that? Go, go watch what happened to the apostle Paul and God starts speaking to him out of heaven. Even Jesus, that our, our example that goes in that, he heard a voice out of heaven. This is my beloved son. Could I tell you, revelation is written and we are the end time generation. And it says it over and over again to us. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church. Do you want to hear what God's saying or just some educative philosophical man? No, we need to hear from God. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, follow me as I follow Christ. I've got to hear what the angel is saying and i tell you what the angel is saying. That's why church is so powerful. It's why you don't want to miss unless it's necessary. Because when you get there, God forbid you have a pastor that can't hear from the angel. Moses went to Egypt to deliver him out because an angel spoke to him out of the burning bush. Go lead my people out. I believe is why, why the Lord sent me an angel. In the, I believe it. The reason the Lord sent me an angel. You know, it's the 1030 service and I can go as long as I want to because there's no services after this. It just hit me. Amen. Glory to God. I'm in the airport. If I told you this, before, just bear with me. How many I'm going to tell you again because I feel too. A few weeks ago, I preached with an apron around my neck. Y'all remember that? The apron was what? It was black apron. Y'all remember? I was talking about the rapture. When Jesus comes, he's, he says, you're ready. He said, I'm going to set you down. I'm going to gird myself and prepare you what I have planned for you. We don't have to be scared of the rapture. I'm not terrified of the coming of the Lord at all. I'm ready. I'm doing the will of God. I'm, if he came tomorrow, I'm fine with it. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Now, some of you can't say that because you don't have things in order yet, but you will. You're going to get it in order. God's helping you. I feel that. Somebody say amen. amen. You're going to get it ready. I was preaching about coming to the Lord and looking at it not as said, man, when I grew up, they preached coming to the Lord. You're scared to death. I mean, you, you scared. You're scared. If it comes tonight, oh my goodness. Anybody ever relate with that? But I was teaching on a perspective. We don't have to be afraid because we're ready. He said, if you're ready, I'm going to gird myself. Talking about the rapture, the coming of the Lord when the angel sounds a trumpet. Going to and I preach with an apron around my neck. Talking about he's going to serve us what he's prepared for us. I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man. You can put that down if you want to. Nobody's going to, y'all not going to attack me today because I'm preaching hard, are you? Four people said maybe, you know, I'm just teasing. <laughs> and uh, I, was, I, was, I was in the airport. Now listen, I travel a good bit this time of year. I'm in a lot of airports. I didn't say you could leave me. Come up here. Boy, preachers nowadays. Oh, what are we going to do? Stay with me. And I'm in the airport and I'm standing there in the spirit of prayer. Paul, a spirit of prayer came on me in the airport. I mean, there's a lot of people around. And I got on my knees and started praying. Publicly. Aren't we ashamed to pray publicly? Muslims do it. Young people, why not bow your head and say, Lord, I thank you for this food that my mom and dad's paying for. <laughs> Can I get a witness for somebody? Thank you for this food I got at this restaurant. Lord, you've been good to me. Now, you don't have to pray long because you want to make people mad that's waiting on your prayer. Just pray. 
But I prayed. I was on my knees and I prayed and I'm seeking God. And when I did, I felt a spirit of prayer. Then my wife calls me and I get up, go stand. There's like a walkway that goes and I can see the, the end of the airport gate was about here to that wall. And I'm standing like this and my gate C-55 is here. And I look up in the crowd and here comes a man with an apron on. Now I travel a lot. I ain't ever seen a man travel with an apron on. That's just weird. An apron on, tied around his back. He comes walking like this. When he gets here, I can see what it says. It says righteousness, the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 33. He was a black man. And he walks right down and looks out the window. And there's only three people down. There's no exit. I fly out of gate C-55 a lot. There is no exit there. There's only three people down there. And I told my wife, I said, hey, I'm going to get on this plane. I need to go. And what I was getting ready to do was go talk to him. When I turned back around, that man was gone. That was an angel of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you what I feel. Lord, let me see an angel of the Lord because it's going to be a multicultural revival. It's going to be multicultural. There's no wall between the Jew and the Greek and the bond of the free. Salvation isn't for white people or just black people or Hispanic people or just Asian people. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. And they're going to be a revival, amen, that's going to sweep this city. They're going to be a revival that's going to sweep out of this city. It's going to reach different counties. It's going to reach different states. If you believe it, jump your feet and shout amen. An angel of the Lord. And he's here. There's an angel of the Lord that's stirring the waters down there at the Wye Bridge. Like the angel that stirred the waters. If we believe our Bible, we believe our Bible. Stirring the waters of Bethesda. And anybody that got in got healed. And I'm going to tell you, everybody that wants delivered in this city, those that want to be delivered, want to be healed, you can get them there. They're going to be delivered tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus because it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. God's going to finish the work that he began years ago. He's going to finish the work in this city. There will be backsliders that will come from a region around that will be set free. God is going to call a multicultural prophets and apostles and preachers out of this revival that's going to stir this city. It's going to come across this country. God's going to set this place on fire because he's got a plan for this country. He's got a plan for his people. Come on, jump to your feet and clap your hands and shout, there's a plan by God. Somebody shout glory. Hey Amen. It's here. Somebody's baby's gonna be delivered tonight. Somebody's gonna be delivered. If you believe it, lift your hands and pray for that. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask you, God, to do what we cannot do. I've never healed a blinded eye. I've never healed the sick. I've never raised the dead. I've never set an addict free. But God, you are the one that can do all of that because you are God Almighty all by yourself. You're sitting on that throne right now and you're able to heal, deliver, and set free. In this city, let there be a revival that stirs the jail cells, a revival that turns upside down the crack houses. Lord, where the drug dealers are converted, people that are dying and disease would be healed. I pray for an old-fashioned revival that'll move in this city, that'll stir every denomination, not just the anchor. Let there be a revival stirs every church in this city. Somebody shout, I believe it. I moved in my soul. Hallelujah. Passionless people don't understand passionate people, but don't judge me if you haven't been in an encounter with an angel that says, I'm going to give you the city. That I'm going to let you see walls come down. That's what I feel. And the angels, the angel understands this. Be seated, I'm almost done. The angels understand something very specific is that there has to be obedience for it to happen. 
Jesus, are you ready? Jesus understands this order. He said, go show yourself to the priest and you'll be healed. When they went to show themselves to the priest, they were healed. He told another blind man, he said, go, go wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam. When he washed his eyes in the pool of Siloam, he was healed because you can't have a miracle without obedience. That's why baptism is, is, is in scripture because it's an act of obedience. That's all it is. Naaman, you'll be healed if you dip in the Jordan River seven times. Six times, nothing happens. Seven times, instantly healed because God understands the role of obedience. And that's one thing we don't like to do. That's what's the problem with our country. People don't want to, anybody telling them no. But you can't have spiritual things without a level of obedience. You young people pray that somebody will tell you no. That means they love you. It's true. If a pastor only says yes, he doesn't. Your preacher pre agrees with everything you do. He doesn't love anything about you. He just, um, you got to have somebody else say no. He told a man, he said, well, with their hand, he said, stretch for the hand, you'll be healed. If he just kept that hand in his pocket, he'd have walked away crippled, but he obeyed. The power of obedience. And the angel said, here's what's going to happen. Now, here's what you to do. Joshua, tell the people that they're going to march one day around the city, all of them. All of them are going to march around the city. And one day, I mean, they're going to do it one time a day for six days. On the seventh day, they're going to walk seven times. And here's how it's going to be laid out. Uh, come here, Brother Zion. You're going to be, you're, I want the people that have weapons to stand here. Stand right there. Where's the shofar? Where's the, where's the trumpet? The Bible says it was a trumpet and it explains that it was a ram's horn. That was a ram's horn trumpet. That's what it would have sounded like. He said, I want the priest to get the ram's horn. And you stand and you follow the warriors. Now watch. He said, I need, I need, I need the priesthood. Come here, Elder Millie. Come on. I need the priesthood. You, I want them to bear the ark. Um, come on, Brother Nehemiah. And once you stand and you're going you're gonna to hold, you're going to hold the ark. You, you're going to, hey, go up a little bit further. The angel didn't say show up. Now, hold, you two hold the ark. You get the stage right here. Hold the ark. It's not a good representation because there would have been. <laughs> <laughs> He's right and I'm wrong because they only held up one side of it. So I need two more to help you. Thank God for the elder here. Come on, Sawyer and Bryce. Come up here and help him. He's right. I'm wrong. They didn't hold it over their head, did they, elder? <laughs> Theological correction here today. Get on this side. And y'all gonna hold it with your left, right here. Yeah, you had it right, you had it right. He said, I want the ark to be bore upon the shoulders of the priest. Cause you can declare war without God, but you're not winning it without God. You could say, we're gonna have revival all day long, but if you don't have God there, you just, you're gonna look silly. But you get God with us and anything is possible. And that ark represents the presence of God. I mean, know that. The Shekinah glory rested over the, the law, the word, the provision, the protection of God. And then he said, I, listen, this is scriptural order. And he said, angel, angel said, Joshua, we set up in this order. You have, you have the warriors ready. You have the worshipers ready. You have the, those, the priesthood ready to carry that. But I need everybody involved. Why don't we, why don't we all stand? And I want y'all to turn and face that wall right here. This group turn and face that wall. He said, I want everybody involved. He said, and the Bible calls it the re-reward. That's reward with the two letters before, R-E, reward. That means a gathering of all the people. Everybody shout us. us. Somebody shout me. me. You have to understand in a move of God that your voice is needed. Don't ever let it be said that if I don't show up, they won't need me anyhow. Don't let it be said, I'm not going to church because they won't even recognize if I miss or not. That is not the will of God. Everything God always did, he incorporated all of Israel. 12 barrels of water. How many know that? 
12 months. They, everybody had a role. Everybody was involved. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be involved with what God is doing. But this is what he said. And I meddled first part of the message talking about this. He said, once a day for six days, you're going to march around that city. Could you imagine being all the citizens of Jericho looking over and people just walking around and you're trembling? Your little toddlers are climbing up on your back and peeking over your shoulder. What are they doing? I don't know, but I'm scared. God's with those people. It looks like they're coming for, they'd already said, Rahab already said, we know we can't stop you. Let me, let me just say what the devil's saying. Can't stop the church. You can't stop what God's getting ready to do. Crack addicts are about to be delivered. Heroin addicts will be set free. Everything the devil's going to be broken. Just broken. Come on, let there be an amen. I know I didn't scream it, but it's the promise. Everybody say it's going to be broken. But it can't happen without order. And that's why in a church service, somebody came to me Friday night, came want me to pray for a man's in a wheelchair. And they came and said, oh, so-and-so, why don't you come pray for him? I said, I can't come. And sometimes people get upset at that. And I said, I can't come. And, and I, said, I said, the man of God, the, the man of God, the man in the pulpit, he hasn't given the word of faith yet. I'm not going to come and pray and get out of order. We're not going to pray until it's time. And guess what? When the man spoke a word of faith, the guy got up out of the wheelchair and started walking around the building Friday night. I've known him 10 years. I ain't never seen him walk. How I many know oh, God's a healer of all things, but we've got to be in order? And that's why when they were told to shout, everybody say the word shout. shout. Do you know what shout means? It means with the lifting of your voice, just as loud as, that's what the karate guy does before he breaks the board. He goes, yeah! Somehow that felt good. He breaks boards and center blocks. Felt manly. But he shouts, yeah! Because it releases something in them. Somebody that's trying to break through something is always going to scream from within. We're made in God's divine order. Do you believe that? Because when the Lord comes for us in what is called the rapture, the coming of the Lord, he is, the angel is going to sound the trumpet. Give, give me that, give me that, that trumpet. The angel of the Lord, archangel of the Lord, which is with us today. I believe the angel of the Lord is with us. When the rapture takes place, I know we're getting ready to go to talk about here, but you need to understand scriptural precedence. When the angel of the Lord sounds the trumpet, when that happens, the Bible says the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout. And when he does, graves cannot hold you. 1 Corinthians 15 says, corruptible will put on incorruption and mortal will put on immortality. And that great verse will be said, oh grave, where is thy victory? <laughs> Amen. How I many know death, where is thy sting? And well, grave, God's gonna get us out of here because when he shouts, things have to let go. Victory comes in a shout. Somebody shout amen. amen. I'm not talking about amen. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm not talking about that stuff where you, you got too much melatonin in your system. I'm talking about a shout. Somebody shout amen. amen. There's power in a shout because you're a believer and you're shouting for the victory of the city. Tonight, I am gonna sound the trumpet at the word of faith given by the man of God. And when that happens, we are gonna shout. And when we do, Every chain on every believer that wants delivered is going to be set free instantaneously. Instantly. Instantly. But you have to operate in order. There are going to be people when the move of God are going to be trying to come to the Lord before that happens. We're going to operate that and we're going to tell some people, wait, it's not time yet. Let's worship. Let's just be right here. What we can't do is have pockets everywhere doing their own thing. We all got to be focused in the flow of the service. We're going to worship with the worship leader. When we're told to say amen, we're going to say amen. amen. When we're told to stand, we're going to stand. Why? Because we're going to operate in order. People think too much that these people are the only ones that matter at church. It's not true. You matter as much as the soldier, as the trumpeter, the worshiper, as much as the priest. You matter. So all day long, we're going to have our mind toward the Lord, but we're not going to shout until we're told to shout. 
And when we're going to practice this right now, we're going to pray. Y'all ready? I want you to ask God to forgive you all over this room. Forgive me for my sin. Some of you got sin in your life. You just tell the Lord, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to be in bondage any longer. I don't want to be in bondage. Hallelujah. I want to be free. I want to be free. 13 times of silence. Nobody said a word. In seven days, in 13 trips around the wall, nobody said, you're talking about frustrating. All they did was walk. Nobody did it. Nobody did anything except walk. But when it well, hold on, Rowan, hold on. Hold on, Rowan. Rowan, Rowan, just stand still. No noise was made at all. But when the time came, everybody shouted. And when everybody got involved and shouted, the Bible says that the wall fell flat. Are y'all ready to see a wall fall flat in this city? Yes. I'm talking about the gates of hell will not prevail. Hallelujah. 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 You, you men right here, turn around and face your hands toward this congregation. We're going to shout. Uh, you said that's uncomfortable. Let me, let me tell you something. Just, just obey. Shout. You're going to feel the prince of God come in this room. How many believe there's power in a shout? I'm going to blow this trumpet. And when I do, I want everybody, you're going to lead the way with the shout of hallelujah. We're going to shout hallelujah. Somebody say the word hallelujah. Say it. Hallelujah. But we're going to shout it. And the Lord's going to help us today. Do you believe that? Yes. It was silence until Joshua, those, those priests blew the trumpet. When I blow the trumpet, when it's done, you shout hallelujah and they're going to follow. Y'all ready to let the Lord move here for a moment? right now in the name of Jesus in the name of the Lord we follow we thank you come on is there anybody here that wants to see a family member saved I want you to come there's anybody here that wants to deliver today I want you to come there's anybody here that says I need a miracle in my body I want you to come it's the power of order and timing that will fall into order and wait on the Lord. He's going to do what no man can do. In Jesus' name. The touch of God. You need an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. That's why there was a noise on the day of Pentecost. It was the sound of a rushing mighty wind. It was angels. It was the outpouring of the Spirit. It was a move of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's got to be done in order, but it's got to be done. It's got to be done in order. But it's got to be done. Come on, everybody in this building, I want you to worship. I want you to begin to pray for this city.
break through for our children. The Spirit of the Lord is going to move. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.